back to Blades Pod. My name's Ben. Uh, you probably have listened to part one by now. If you've not, then this is part two. Hello, go back and listen to part one first, which is out now. You'll just need to scroll down a little bit. We are looking back at the season from 2002-2003, the triple assault season. Andrew and I reliving what was an incredible season. We're picking this up just after United beat Liverpool at home and Sheffield Wednesday in a, a very dramatic derby, punctuated by an incredible goal from Michael Brown. And we're now going to pick up the story for the rest of this season. So thank you, as always, for downloading and for listening. I hope you enjoy. It's given Sheffield United a chance here in the tightest of games. Sense of optimism sweeping around Bramall Lane. Michael Brown, very much the Blades hero this season, takes it, but delivers it on the short side. Raul Bravo stooped to head away, but it's back with Brown again. Better second ball towards Murphy. Here's uh, Michael Tong. And cover! All right, next up for the Blades was the second leg against Liverpool. Although, uh, yeah, as you as you uh, flagged up here, Neil Warnock was actually manager of the month for uh, December. Mm. Pretty impressive. Um, yeah, and he did get the curse. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Uh, in fact, we, this became a bit of a theme with Warnock, which we'll, we'll get to in, uh, in a moment. Um, yeah, Dean Windass had disappeared at this point, as you said. We signed Tommy Mooney. I don't know when we signed Tommy Mooney, but he played against Liverpool in the second leg. Yeah. Uh, yeah, was this about when he signed? Any idea? Yeah, I'm just having a quick look now when he made his uh, when he when he came into the squad. Uh he his first game was on the bench against Wednesday, actually. Uh, okay. I'm uh so must be around that, that I'm that assuming time. you've added this to the notes. Marcel Cass and Richard Edgehill. I did. Have the, yeah. I can't believe you <laughs> forgot. Uh, yeah, we signed Marcel Cass and Richard Edgill. Uh, Marcel Cass from Notts County. Um, who he was the first team at Notts County, but there was something in his contract that made him he, he were allowed to leave for free halfway through the season for some reason. So United signed him, and then Richard Edgill, who Warnock described as a real campaigner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um... Yeah, we had brought in Wayne Quinn at this point, and we yeah, Wayne Quinn. Uh, well, all his loan had finished, obviously. So um, Wayne Quinn actually came in for the the Liverpool for the, the home game against Liverpool. Uh, That's right, that, yeah. His debut because Harley left. We played Coswell at left back against Cheltenham, and then by the Liverpool game, Quinn were were at left back. Nice. Um, so we went to Anfield, obviously holding a two-one lead at this point. Um, away goals, I believe, counted after extra time. So. Yeah. Yeah, we fell behind very early to uh, an El Hadji Duf strike from the edge of the area, which I don't know. I, f- I don't think uh, Paddy actually died for it, did he? But uh, it was right in the corner, I suppose. It was just. Yeah, a bit I, of a, like, I did Ugh. worry then because the season before, Liverpool had played Palace in the semi final, and Palace had won the first leg 2 1, and in the second leg, Liverpool had won 5 0. And then oh. Liverpool had scored like within like four minutes, and I'm thinking, oh, God, this could be an hammering. But... Yeah, um, I. I yeah, we were definitely outplayed in this this leg. Mm. I thought it was yeah, yeah. For, that obviously made it two all. With uh, Liverpool had the advantage then on away goals if it if it ended up going to extra time. So we we needed to score the next goal or we were going to lose. Um, 
and we didn't we couldn't get a goal. Uh, we ended up losing two 0 after extra time. Michael Owen um, made it three two to Liverpool uh, in extra time. There's one sort of decisive moment for us, um, which I still am slightly baffled at the refereeing at this one. Um, Allison challenges Chris Kirkland, the Liverpool goalkeeper, in the penalty area, and Kirkland drops the ball. It's a fair challenge. Allison's like about to get on the ball on the edge of the area, facing away from goal. Kirkland definitely pulls him back. He puts his yeah. arms around Allison, and then not only does that, but ends up handling the ball outside the area by picking it up, for which he is penalised. Um, I'm surprised that's not a red card. I'm it should have been a red penalty. card. I think I think Warnock after the match he, he went on the pitch and kicked off as he does. But I think he does have a point in this time because I think that 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 happens the other way. That's a red card. Is no, it's, it's a, such a blatant red card. I think not only is he like foul someone outside the area, it, if he he's handballed it, if he doesn't do that, then Allison's got pretty much an empty net. Yeah, so what he does is he falls on the ball and picks it up with his hands, out, like really clearly outside the penalty area, which, as you say, yeah, would have been a, a tap-in otherwise. Um, he doesn't get sent off for that. Um, I thought it should have been a penalty initially for him pulling back Alisson. But, yeah, it's a free kick, and Mooney strikes it, um, which is bizarre. Why does Tommy Mooney have it when we've got... Do you know what? Brad- I think that's the first time you see Tommy Mooney on that triple assault, and you're like, who's he? <laughs> yeah, why is, why is Rob Page man. taking a free kick? <laughs> I always remember about that uh, thing. I was sat next. I went to the game and uh, I was sat next to someone. And when we got the free kick, this guy all the way through as we were lining up, going, "Can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it?" Then he's, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, brilliant, man. I feel like I feel like Brown was a good free kick taker. Yeah. Um, although maybe he didn't score any slash many. Um, no, I mean he scored no, a couple that season. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, Tong obviously scored a couple through it's his career. Moon, it's not a bad strike. It could have gone anywhere. I think it. He still looks like it could go in. I thought it had gone in. Um, so Mooney strikes it. It basically blasts it straight at the wall, but it deflects yeah. uh, maybe a yard wide. But I really thought watching it on TV that it had deflected into the net. But I always remember obvi- one of my mates is a Wednesday fan, and he said he would watch it in the pub, and he could, we'd scored that amount uh, at last minute. This was the last minute of the game, weren't it? And yeah, we yeah, really the last minute goals that season. And you were watching it in the pub with his dad, and they both left <laughs> <laughs> as the free kick like were lined up. He just said, well, "I'm not watching this. I'm going to go home." <laughs> uh, excellent. Unfortunately, it goes wide. That would obviously have given us given us the win and put us in the final at that point. But uh, it ended two all after ninety, and then Owen uh, Owen ran through and finished in injury time. Uh, excuse me, in extra time to make it. That was when Michael Owen were getting done for putting bets on. Can you remember this? No, I don't. Actually. He got. He got, he got I can't remember exactly what he did. I don't think he was betting on football, but he, he, there was some sort of betting irregularity with horses and the United fans singing, Owen, Owen, what's the odds? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, so, yeah, that thus ended our cup run uh, in the League Cup. Uh, a pretty valiant effort. We lost to the eventual winners as well, which we did in uh, all three competitions, actually. Yeah. Um, should be pointed out. I don't know if there's any crumb of comfort to be drawn <laughs> from that. Probably not. Um so immediately as one cup run ended, another one uh, began. Ipswich yeah. Town at home in a, a bit of a lost game, but a, a secretly brilliant one. I was yeah. at this one because uh, I remember being... I was a student at the time. Uh, it was a very cheap ticket, I remember that. Mm. Only only 12,500 there. Um, yeah, a lot to say about this one. Uh, it was Michael Brown's birthday and he ended up scoring a goal that was arguably better than the one he scored against Wednesday. I, I would, yeah. I would not argue that. No, um, I think that's an incredible goal. That that that, that one against Ipswich. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's almost identical, except the ball drops from a an even greater height and it's possibly mm. slightly further out. And it's it's one of them that he hits so hard, the camera barely catches it going in the goal. It absolutely blasts it. I've just noticed uh, our buddy Dermot Gallagher is the referee for this game, by the way. Really? Um, yeah. Indeed, yes. Uh, that, that put us 3-0 up after about an hour. Uh, Brown had got the first, Jagielka. Uh, pretty rare goal for him. Um, might have been his first one since the Leeds game, actually. He made it 2-0, then Brown made it 3-0. 3-0 cruising, piece of cake, Ipswich don't care. It's, you know, there's not not many people there. What are they even trying to prove? Yeah. Um, five minutes later, it's no longer 3-0. It's 3-all. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. It's just like, what on earth is going on? Um, yeah, they scored in the 66, it's got a penalty in the 68, and then Darren Bent uh, made it 3-all um, in the 70th. And he was like, oh, great, you know, we were going through and now we're going oh, to we're replay. All, I remember the time thinking, I don't want to replay for this, because obviously we've played so many games already up to that point. And mm-hmm. I think, an FA Cup replay, we can't be bothered with this. Like, I'd rather lose in a way, you know what I mean? And I think that... that uh, Wilco DeVote were in goal for that one, by the way. No, he was, yeah. It's one appearance yeah, well, for the Blades. And I think it was one of those where we put a decent side out. There's no doubt we put, like, a strongest side out. But I don't think Warner could have been that unhappy if we'd have lost, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's a strange hybrid side, this, isn't it? Because yeah. you've, got, you've got Brown, Jagielka, McCall, you know, you think at 38, I believe he was at that point, like probably give him, the, give him the game off. But then, yeah, Tommy Mooney starts, Tyrone Thompson. I don't know why, but I was like, yeah, when I thought about this game, immediately I was like, Tyrone Thompson yes, played I in this did, game. Yeah. <laughs> Tyrone Thompson, who, uh, what happened next to Tyrone Thompson? He did not do very much well, for Well, straight United. after the game, Gary Sinclair on the Tannoy said, a fantastic game for a guy with a great future. So cheers for that, Gary. You've, you've cursed him in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think he was playing for Sheffield FC not long ago, actually, looking at his uh, Wikipedia. Did he go to Donny? Um, sorry? Did he go to Donny? He went on loan to Donny, yeah. uh, then signed for Huddersfield, then Scarborough, Halifax, Crawley, Torquay, Mansfield, Grimsby, Halifax, Lincoln, wow. Sheffield and Gainsborough, Trinity. But yeah, I remember being quite excited about him and then... Yeah, I don't know. Just didn't happen, did it? Which, yeah. which, which does happen. There's another guy on anyway. the bench called Wood, and I can't. I have no idea who that is. Daniel Wood, apparently. No idea. Daniel Wood. Let's do some live googling. Yeah. Um, I'll need to add some more. Um, add some more details. Yeah, it's not. Uh, oh, nothing's coming up. No. There's a, there's a Danny Wood listed here. I assume it's a youth player. Someone will know. Yeah, Thank Daniel Wood. But Billy Sharp was uh, banging him in, by the way, that season in the uh, in the youth team. He's in a couple of programs. Like he's got his like fiftieth oh. goal of the season or something. You know, <laughs> in the youth team. So I think they got to the final that year. Actually, of the the, the youth cup or the or the final or something. Anyway, that year. Mm. Uh, and Billy Sharp, the main man, him and uh, I think it was I can't remember who the guy up front was. Some another name that I remember. Anyway, so yeah, Billy Sharp was the main man there. Yeah, couldn't crack the first team for a cup game there, but Taron Thompson did. Um, so that was 3 all, and then uh, Pesky Toledo comes off the bench and gets the winner in the 89th minute. Yet to write it down, yet another late goal for the Blades, and uh, another cup run begins with a, a strangely traumatic 4-3 win over Ipswich. An incredible game, really. Uh, very, very entertaining indeed. And uh, yeah, through we go. Um then we ran into what became a bit of a Warnock trademark, I think. Uh, we, were all, we, all, we were always terrible in January, February. I'm, I'm sure we did yeah. this the season we got promoted. We lost four in a row in January. I'm sure <laughs> yeah, it, this, this mirrored what happened in the promotion season almost like to the, to the date, I think. Yeah, because we, we did. We lost four league games in a row here, which is 
it kind of ended any hopes we had of automatic promotion, I think, at that point. Um, but a 1 0 defeat at Millwall. Uh, oh, this, this is unforgivable. I've got to. I couldn't believe this watching the watching the video, the season review. I just I completely forgot this. We went to Ipswich Town, who all right, they didn't have a bad season. They finished just outside the playoffs, so they were a decent team. Um obviously we played them a, a week or so earlier in the FA Cup. We were two 0 up after fifty minutes. Ipswich were down to ten men at this point and we lost three two. Unforgivable. What on I, earth yeah, happened? Yeah, I remember that like I I didn't listen to that game for I, I don't remember listening to it, but I just remember being really confused when we were two and a lot. I think I was watching final score or something, and they'd gone down to ten men. You think I oh, was one? I just remember yeah. being really confused that we'd lost three two, and they'd had ten men for most of the game. It was ridiculous. Yeah, twentieth minute, Kanyago uh, was sent off. So we played seventy minutes against ten men, and we're two and a lot. And yeah, I mean, what on earth? the program said the goals hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're uh, you're telling me, Neil. Um, yeah, this is uh, in between these four defeats. We did knock Walsall out of the FA Cup, so we knocked them out of both cups this season. So take that, Walsall. Yeah, yeah. Have I got that right? Got no, we didn't play them in the League Cup, did we? Sorry, I think I made that up. Oh, no, no, we played them in the League, didn't we? Obviously, we did. I think yeah, yeah. three times that season. Get no, we drew one, drew one, then one two. Sorry. He'll take it. Yeah. Uh, he was on the score sheet that one. Tommy Mooney. Uh, a pretty rare goal for him. It's only that, so it's only one, right? Yeah. And uh, Unlove got the other one. Um, then we played Reading at home. Uh, oh, yeah, actually, I meant to mention this. Uh, this game was postponed from earlier in the season. And it was one of the late... I'd, I'd love to know if anyone's been to a game that was postponed later than this. And uh, I don't mean after... So postponed as in... It, was, it hadn't kicked off and was abandoned. Yeah. I swear it was about half past two. I don't um, this at all. It was absolutely hammering it down, and uh, it was basically called off for a waterlogged pitch. But it was genuine. I was in. I remember being in the railway, um, and I was basically getting ready to leave and go to the ground. And uh, yeah, then um, like Warnock slags our pitch off from about this this sort of January sort of period. He, he right in almost every program he says like the pitch is is just awful, which it was in fairness. Yeah, this was uh, originally. <laughs> Pre-Desso, yeah, this was originally the end of October, I think it was supposed to be, but um, got postponed. And this was the beginning, the rearranged game was the beginning of our, our Reading bogey team run, where I think it was 11 games or whatever it was. But yeah, we actually went 1-0 up with a Michael Brown free kick and uh, in, in the third minute and ended up losing 3-1. And Alan Paul, yeah. your manager at Reading then? He was, yeah. Um, yeah, he was uh, the the bloke that brought him up, I think. And then, yeah. uh, I think that was replaced. the start of his glittery managerial career, actually, weren't it? Before all the hell. Uh, yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> you know, I think he left him to join West Ham and yeah. then yeah, sort of uh, hopped around from there. But yeah, uh, a pretty frustrating 3-1 home defeat. You know, just uh, it felt very much deserved for Reading, I think. And then uh, followed it up with a, another frustrating home defeat against Norwich in which both Unlove and Wayne Quinn were sent off. And there you go, four home defeats in a row. and that's knock after the match said, the ref told me he thought he did well, and that worries me. <laughs> <laughs> he is good for a quote, honestly. I did really enjoy reading his notes after. Oh, dear. Um, then we went to Rotherham in a suddenly very big game to get our season back on track, which, uh, yeah. yeah, we talked about a little bit already. Uh, a 2-1 win, Brown with a penalty, and Cabber on the score sheet. Or, I mean, it's all about bad pitches. That one yeah. is a right state. Yeah. And it was hammering it down, I suppose. But yeah, pretty uh, pretty messy. Um, uh, Rotherham got one back, but a uh, pretty comfortable win for United. And then uh, followed that up with a 4-1 hammering 
of Grimsby Town, in which one Rob Kosluk scored his first ever goal. Yeah, oh, did they though? Because I'm sure that's backheeled in by Cabba. Oh no, surely not. I'm it's, sure uh... that's not his goal. I reckon in this day and age now, where like cameras are all over the place, he would not have got that goal. Yeah, maybe it's recorded as a Kosluk goal. Yeah, the official sources uh, that made it three nil after 32 minutes. Actually, Windass had reappeared at this point, and he gives the lead. Cabra again, and then Kozluk from with a skimmer from about twenty-five yards, and uh, yeah, definitely bobbles on its way in, doesn't it? So yeah, you might be right, but it's uh, we've got to give Cozzy that goal, I think. Yeah, um, I think he scored one the year after, and that were it. And then he scored one when he returned for us as well against Doncaster mm. under Mickey Adams, and I think that were it for Kozluk for his goal-scoring exploits. One of my biggest regrets as a United fan is I never saw Kozluk score in person. Um, as I say, he was one of my sort of cult hero players. King Kozluk, me and my, uh, my dad used to call him uh, <laughs> semi-ironically. I used to like him because he played exactly like I did. He had no skill like me, not really anyway, and he was just fast. And he yeah. couldn't really play football that well, but he was he was fast. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a line I want to throw in here that um, I can't remember where I got it, but I certainly didn't make it up. And maybe it's been used about loads of other players as well. But it, the line about Kozlik with this that he's either tackling the bloke he's just passed to, or passing to the bloke he's just tackled. And I, I just think that's <laughs> yeah. such a such a sweet summary of uh, somebody who always tried hard. And I yeah. think. I think it's fair to say he played slightly above his ability when yeah, he was I think playing that's for fair. us. He had a lot of loan spells when he was at United, actually. He was on loan at Uddersfield, mm. on loan at, um, at Preston. He just kept coming back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, if you want to be uncharitable, one of his more memorable contributions was in that famous Port Vale defeat that uh, yeah, ended yeah. Adrian Heath's time where he, yeah, good crossing position and put it about 20 rows back in the cop and... However many fans were there, it weren't many. It was about 8,000. I was yeah. actually one of them, believe it or not. He actually um, played 223 games for his Rob Kozlop. Yeah, I, I can believe it. He was he was around for a long time. Um, mm. I think that's probably why he was a bit of a cult hero for me, I suppose. Yeah. Just the, the permanence of Rob Kozlop. But anyway, yeah, he, uh, he got a goal, theoretically, in that one. Brown made it four with a, another long-range goal, I think. Another, possibly a left-footer as well, actually. It was a... Another cracking finish. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, he went on his right to his left and then put it in a ridiculously good goal again. Yeah, so suddenly things looking up again. And uh, yeah, we move on to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, um, which uh, rather sadly we probably should have been, we should have been playing um, last last Sunday against Arsenal. Uh, oh, don't honestly. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Sorry, Imagine they, they streamed it as a FIFA game, didn't they? I don't know if you saw that. I mean, lost. I didn't. So maybe uh, the best, but <laughs> yeah. Indeed, exactly. Um, and yes, it pitted us against Leeds United once again. Blades v Leeds Redux. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but I'm sure it was a really early kickoff on a Sunday. A half eleven kickoff. It was half eleven, right? Because yeah. I, I, that's how I remember it, and I was like, ah, you can't football game kicking off at half eleven. That's stupid. But there you go. Thank you for corroborating that one. Yeah, um, it was a half eleven kickoff. And Warnock in the program now for the Leeds game. I've got to read this out. He said, "Hopefully, our latest wins put a few of the doom and gloom merchants into the background." I ask you all, why do these people actually come to the game? Is it because they are henpecked at home or don't do anything with their lives to get rid of their frustrations? I imagine after two victories, some of our fans, no, I won't call them fans, will be, disappoint- <laughs> will be disappointed that they have nothing to moan about. This is like the opening bit of like the, the one of the biggest games of the season. He's just using it to have a go at the fans again. <laughs> so bizarre. He has a strange obsession with uh, 
Well, I almost don't want to talk about it, actually. I'll, I'll let you draw your own conclusions yeah, about it. does. I do know what yeah. you're coming There's from. There's a lot of juxtaposition of uh, spouses and frustration, so, uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, what a bizarre way to start your programme. It's just yeah. such a weird character, Warnock. Like, I did, always, I, you're always... It's so partridge. You're always like someone were out to get him, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you were, like, you were determined to have the last laugh. <laughs> I did know this at the time, and I think I tried to sort of just like bury this feeling of like, oh, is that it again? Like, because yeah, as you say, it's still. I know we just lost those four games in a row, but suddenly looking pretty good again. You know, two good away wins, and then Leeds United quarter final, and uh, we beat them again. We did a double over them in the cups. Uh, yeah, that early kickoff was weird. I remember walking yeah. down um, from my student digs up in Crooks. And I was just like, "There's no one here," because I, 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 it was so early. I didn't bother going to the pub. Yeah, there were twenty four thousand there, which is not far off what the capacity I would have thought would have been at that point. Again, with the you know the bottom tier not being and being. Honestly, in fact, it's a lie because uh, Leeds brought four thousand, so it must have been open. So it is pretty poor, actually. I think the uh, I'm pretty sure that those two blocks in the south stand were closed at this yeah, point. Yeah, that would have been true. Yeah, so I think it would have been attended. Well, a capacity of about twenty seven or something. Something like that. I just remember thinking, like half the crowd's asleep, the other half is still hung over from the Saturday night, and it was a, yeah, it was a really sleepy, dopey half an hour in the sunshine. I suppose just it's not ideal if you're hung over. I guess being a, a football match mm-hmm. in a <laughs> fairly warm uh, early March sunshine. Um, but Cabba is there again, uh, scoring a basically a bit of a scramble, and it falls to Cabba, and uh, yeah, swishes it in with his left foot. Really good finish. Uh, Danny Mills actually ends up botching this up, doesn't he? Sort of kicks it away. I think it's Tong has a shot, and Danny Mills kicks it straight. There's to the thing Cabra, with Danny Mills in the first game against Leeds where he has a go at Tong. Do you know when he, he does a really mm. bad foul on Tong, and then he has a right go at him, just trying to play the hard man role, and he's just like, oh, do you just look pathetic? Yeah. He's not Roy Keane, is he? He don't really put the fear of God into people. You might have a skinhead, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that's uh, not sure that's by choice either. To be honest, no. um, <laughs> probably not. No. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say about this game? Oh yeah, we. Uh, I, I do want to mention the the sneaky free kick routine, which I think uh, Kevin Blackwell must have been responsible for because we definitely broke it out a few more times when he was manager. Where um, I can't think which two players it is, but Tong and someone else. I think it's Brown, Tong and McCall. Tong and McCall, that's it. So they stood over the free kick, if anyone's not seen this or doesn't remember it. And they both go to dummy the ball at the same time, so run into each other. And, you know, then it's like, oh, you know, oops, made a mistake. And you can hear the Leeds fans giving it the way. And, of course, while that's happening, Brown steps up and just hits a brilliant strike, which uh, Robinson, unfortunately, is is very aware to and pushes it over the bar. I really wish that good had gone save in. from Robinson, that, that is a good very save. Very good save. Um, and then at the end as well, we should mention this, mm. just in the strangeness of this game. Um, I wouldn't say we were hanging on, but we, we basically cleared a corner. It's deep into injury time, and Cabo runs away with it down the sideline. <laughs> gets fouled, the whistle goes, and it's actually the final whistle, but nobody, I think initially nobody realises that a whistle has gone, and then everyone thinks it's full time. And Some of the footage is hilarious, isn't it? You know, you just got like, Warnock stood there like, what's going on? Is, is he getting yeah. full time with it? And then, uh, who's the referee? It's, it's uh, Andy Gray, isn't it? Andy Gray's in the commentary. Is it Steve Bennett, the uh, bald guy? Yeah, no Steve idea, Bennett, yeah. But... Andy Gray's going, it's not over, it's not over. Um, <laughs> oh, Steve it is. <laughs> yeah, he does a close-up of Bennett, and he's like, he's obviously looking at someone off camera and he's nodding, going, yeah, yeah, that's it. And he's walking over to the football, 
picks it up. He picks it up with such a smug smile. I'd hate that if I were a Leeds fan or a player. He's just like, no, I'm going home. That's it. Yeah, I'm taking my ball home. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it was a, it was a funny end to that game. And through to another semi-final. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, just yet more... Uh, Cup joy for the Blades. Um, and I remember the cup draw was the day after. Oh, no, Mon- the Monday after they had it on Monday night, like they, they still do now, actually. And mm. we were praying not to get Arsenal because the other two, I think, were Southampton and. Oh, it were another. Oh, no. Was it? I think it was Watford, wasn't it? Yeah, were, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, Watford. Yeah, I remember that like, there were two teams you wanted to get, like you wanted to avoid Arsenal. And we got Arsenal. Like, oh. Yeah, Arsenal, the runaway Premier League. Yeah. Uh, Premier League leaders at that point. Yes, it was indeed. Oh, sorry. Um, no, it was Watford, yeah. Watford, yeah, obviously. Yeah, Watford, yeah, yeah. Were they in the Premier League? No, they were in the Championship with us. Uh, they were mid-table, so we wanted them. That was the, the dream draw to be Watford at Wembley. Um, and then, uh, sorry, at Old Trafford or wherever it had been. Uh, but unfortunately, we got uh, Arsenal. Because Southampton, even Southampton, we'd have had a shot again, <laughs> wouldn't we? Oh, yeah, very beatable. They were they were near the bottom of the league, I think, that season, Southampton. Yeah, yeah I think one beat, he scored 20 goals from that year or something like that. Ah, right, nice one. Um, the next game was a 40 win over Burnley at home. Best so, performance of the season. I'm putting my hand up and saying that. Were you at this one? I, I, I just it. thought this was an incredibly good performance. It was like a... We could have won 8-2, and that's not exaggerating at all. Some of the football we played in that match... I remember after... Like uh, I think it was Paul Walker on Radio Sheffield saying, my worry there is that United have peaked because that were just incredible. We we were absolutely phenomenal in that game. Unluff came on as a sub and scored two with what what he did this bit of skill that's not on the video where I always remember it where he I can't really explain it. He sort of took two people out like a little dummy and a little shimmy. Just absolutely incredible performance that. Yeah, Brown Brown two, Unlove two, uh former Blade Gareth Taylor on the score sheet for yeah. Burnley. But uh, yeah, that was uh, yeah. Uh, from what I could see and what I heard, a brilliant performance. Um, we we had signed a few other players around this time as well, haven't we? Got uh, where, where did John Curtis appear from? He came on loan from Blackburn, I think. Yeah, and he ended up playing quite a lot for us. He, in he, the, he went uh, straight, pretty script. much straight into the team and stayed there. Uh, yeah, he went straight in at right back and Jagielka to centre half. Oh, Murphy okay. went to the bench and then ended up. I think his wife were ill, so he went back to Australia at the end of the season. Yeah, fun. yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, yeah. Just quickly on Sean Murphy, another uh, another player I really, really liked. Actually, just um, he, he was a he was a good defender, but he was so such a threat from set pieces. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was. Uh, it it's was, weird it, in those later games. Our sub, our backup centre half, were Colin Cryan. Wow, really? Who? Yeah, so, ba- what? Probably yeah. never. Barely ever played for us, I, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Just give me two. He made two six substitute appearances in his career. Well, so yeah, pretty uh, pretty thin on the ground there, I suppose. Um, we also signed yeah. Owen Morrison, who was a Wednesday player. We didn't sign him from Wednesday, did we? Yeah, we signed him from Wednesday. I think. Did he get released? At, oh no, did he go to? Hang on a minute. Let me just let me double check this. I remember this I being remember quite it... novel. Yeah. Uh, hang on. He yeah, he did sign from Wednesday. Yeah. He scored eight in fifty-five for Wednesday, then signed for us. I, I, every time I saw Owen Morrison play, were fantastic. He had a couple of, uh, yeah, a couple of moments in the in the next few games. I suppose he was straight into the team. Uh, he yeah. was a an, another kind of winger, if you like, attacking midfielder, very skillful. There was one run I can't remember whether it was against Brighton or Derby in the in the games that were coming up. I think it was Derby actually. Um, yeah, where he just sort of took on a load of players and. 
everyone was really excited about him, but they just sort of disappeared at the end of the season. I don't really I think remember he had a fallout. I think he had a fallout. I, I do remember we offered him a contract and he didn't sign it. Um, we offered him a full-time contract after his initial good spell and he didn't sign it and then he just got, yeah, you know, we never saw him again. Yeah, very strange. But yeah, he was, he was definitely a part of that team. We uh, drew 0-0 at Stoke City after that Burnley game. Uh, we beat Brighton at home 2-1. Goals from Windass and Michael Brown yet again. Um, and then we beat Derby 2-0 uh, at home the following week. Uh, I can't remember who scored in that one. Tong. Tong, yeah. Yeah, so this is where Papa. I think with Tong, where he's not scored for a very long time, and this is like one of his rare goals down yeah. the stretch. That was the game I think Owen Morrison had his best best game that against Derby. I thought it was fa- fantastic in that match. I'm trying to work out what's maybe McCall had got injured or something because he's McCall suddenly not in the team at this point. And then we signed Mark Rankin was the other one. I think this becomes the ranking signing becomes a bigger thing later on. But yeah, uh, mm. yeah. I think did Montgomery replace McCall at this point or? No, yeah, he might have done. Oh no, I'm sorry. Sure. Jags went into mid- Jags went into midfield and Sean Murphy was still playing. So we had Murphy, Page, and Curtis came in at right back. Right. Okay. Um... All right, and then uh, we had a two-all draw at home to Gillingham. Uh, it was always a bit of a thorn in Warnock's side, I thought, Gillingham, actually. Yeah, they were safe um, Kenny in this game, which were incredible. I think it's on the highlights where it's like looping behind him and he saves it. Mm, nice. Um, yeah, Cameron, Pesky Salido, uh, another two-all. In fact, then we had the, the Selhurst Park double-header. Yeah. We played both Palace and Wimbledon at Selhurst Park in the space of uh, two days. Um, yeah. yeah, a two-all draw. Uh, with Palace, uh, an own goal, and Cabba against his former team in the 87th minute with the equaliser. And yep. A very strange goal celebration, that one where he does a lot of... I don't know how to describe it. It's a it's a very Ministry of uh, Early Wars type <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah, very bizarre. And then, unfortunately, lost to uh, Wimbledon in front of about 10 fans. Yeah, 1,300 fans. Yeah, much um, changed team, that, because the, the Arsenal game was on the, uh, the Sunday coming oh up. Oh, my it, Lord. Look at the team. I know, Marcel Cass <laughs> and Ben Doan. And, ben yeah. Doan, Jean-Philippe Javary. Yeah, Javary were playing, yeah. Um, yeah so it, team, it, wasn't, yeah. Uh, it wasn't a strong... I think we'd sort of given up by that point on any chance of automatic and... I forgot to mention that actually. Um, after that Burnley game, Warnock did say, "I wrote this down, didn't he?" He said, "Yeah." After the Burnley game, Warnock did say we were only really thinking about the playoffs at this point. Um, we were after that Burnley game. We were ten points behind second, but we did have two games in hand, yeah. and uh, and Leicester were in in second, still to come to Bramall Lane. Um, and yeah, he was saying as soon as we get another four wins. Uh, then we will be in the playoffs. Um, I mean, bearing in mind the season before, about this point, Wolves were about twelve points clear of West Brom, and West Brom clawed it back and ended up getting automatic. Mm. It's a weird one, though. I don't, I don't remember that being such a big, like such a obvious stance to have taken. I suppose, no. and I mean, you can't. That's such a different. I mean, you can't imagine Wilder saying that, can you? No, 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 no way. I mean, there's a lot of things Warnock said that you couldn't imagine while the same, but... The, I yeah. think the contrast is so... Just from reading the programmes, the contrast in the two, I, 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 honestly, is just incredible. Uh, because just the way Warnock is constantly going on about, oh, we've played too many games and the lads have done well and they're a bit tired and, you know, and they're always sticking up for him and blah, blah, blah. And, but he's just so different to Wilder, who, even when we win, sometimes comes out and says rubbish. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um... All right, and then that leads us into our next section, which is the Arsenal FA Cup semi-final and then the run-in. So we'll take a very quick break. 
Quick break to tell you about one of our sponsors. In fact, the first ever sponsor of Blades Pod. I'm talking, of course, about the Den Blades fanzine created by Blades for Blades. The next edition looks at the past and present of United and features two flippable front covers, plus interviews with Michael Doyle, Neil Collins, Seth Bennett, plus tons of great articles and illustrations put together by a very talented bunch of United fans. Just a heads up that, like so much of the country, issue 5 will be delayed slightly due to the coronavirus, but they are still planning to publish the full complement of fanzines over the course of 2020, so do not worry. You can get yours now from denblades.co.uk. Now, back to the pod. Cool. All right. Um, So, United travel to Old Trafford for FA Cup semi-final against Arsenal, as I said, top of the Premier League at at that point. An unbelievable Arsenal team. I mean, yeah, just you just look down the team sheet and uh, all right, they left a few players on the bench, didn't they? Bergkamp and Henri and uh, Gilberto Silva ended up coming off the bench, but Henri still, as well, didn't I? Yeah, 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 still got Vieira, Lumberg, Ray Parler, Ashley Cole, Keown, Campbell, David Seaman, of course. Uh, unfortunately, had a very big role to play in this game. Yeah. I thought we, I went to this with uh, very little optimism, I think, and just sort of like let's just go and see what happens. It was the first time I've been to an FA Cup semi final. Yeah. Um, what about you? Were you were you even remotely like oh we could well, maybe there's a no I didn't, I didn't think we had, I had a single chance. I thought I, I went for the day out, really enjoyed. Mm. I only what, what would have been seventeen, eighteen at the time, something like that, and yeah. just having a few drinks, to get into that, and I enjoyed the day out. But I, I yeah, I never. And it's amazing because I went in with such low expectations because obviously this were an amazing Arsenal team it's a bit like playing Man City now but as a championship yeah. club and I, and I think I, I can't believe I came out so disappointed in the end I was proud and everything but we we could have we could have won that game yeah I think you know with every sort of passing minute I was like oh you know this is a more even game than I was expecting I mean yeah I don't think we were getting pulled apart at all by Arsenal as I said they had made some changes yeah. and you're suddenly starting to think like this is an even game that we could probably pinch but then a very decisive moment 34 minutes um Arsenal take the lead in one of the more maddening bits of injustice I can remember you know what I was thinking about this about what are the most like maddening injustices in United history maybe we should do a podcast on that at one point but <laughs> obviously the first thing that comes to mind is the West Ham thing but this is up there isn't it yeah I mean the man it's, it's the man city uh, the first goal that Man City scored against us at the Etihad this yeah. season reminded me of it a lot. Um, but not in a big, as big a game as this. Not in as big a game, and this was more blatant. So we, we actually are in possession, kind of, and somebody goes to, I think it's Campbell, goes to the back of Allison in their half. That's, and it's, yeah, that's a foul for a kickoff, yeah. Yeah, it definitely should have been a free kick to United. Um, Graham Paul, the referee, decides it's not a free kick. Uh, Arsenal are breaking away. Michael Tong goes to intercept the ball. Graham Paul body checks him, uh, which means that he cannot get the ball. And it's a full shove on Tong that completely disrupts his momentum. And, you know, it literally shoves him backwards, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. About th- Paul after, didn't he, said that he thought Tong ran into him. Yeah, well, Graham Paul's an idiot, I'm afraid. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that, was, that was him talking absolute nonsense. Um, and, yeah, about five or six passes later, it ends up hitting the post... Um, at our end obviously and uh, Lundberg ends up sticking away the rebound and I don't remember being so angry at a goal uh, up to that point I, I think uh, yeah there's been a few uh, you know the Newcastle VAR goal this season yeah, yeah, yeah. Has, has topped it I think in terms of just like what on earth but yeah this was this was a, a sickener especially because it was 
because of the occasion, because it was Arsenal, where you just think like, come on, they don't need that level of. I'm not, I'm not saying cheated, Paul did it. Yeah, I think well, I, did. Yeah, yeah. I felt cheated. I felt like that we were playing. Obviously, this is not what happened, but it almost felt like oh, we were playing decent, so we better get Arsenal a goal. We want them in final. Obviously, that's not what happened, but that's what it felt like to when you're in that sort of uh, agitated state when you feel like you're yeah. being genuinely cheated. Definitely, yeah. And uh, you know, Warnock made reference to this uh, um, after the game, and I was you know completely on board with it. The, the thing that really annoyed him was that Paul was laughing about it as they went off at half time, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's just not a good look. Graham Paul uh, was like Mike Dean before Mike Dean when he. Um, Paul were a, a bad referee, I'm afraid. And like that, what happened to him at the World Cup? And I, I, I don't, this is someone's profession and stuff. And I, you know, we all make mistakes, and we, especially referees, it's hard to. It's a, it's a really hard job. But I had delighted that happened to him at the end of his career, and that's what he's remembered for. Because I just, <laughs> I really do. I just thought it were an awful ref. It were all about him. I spoke to a next ref. I don't want to get his name, but I spoke to a referee. I can't remember his name actually. <laughs> I spoke to remember. <laughs> I spoke to. A, I really can't. We got the executive. We won some executive seats for Bolton at home a couple of seasons ago. We won two nil. I know it was Scunthorpe, but when we drew one one, we talked to this referee and we were like, and he he was saying like everybody hated Graham Paul. Every every referee. It was sort of like the big superstar, you know what I mean, walking yeah. around. And everything that you think about Graham Paul seems to be true. Yes, indeed. The incident you're referring to, of course, is uh, him showing a three yellow cards to a... I think it was an Australia player, wasn't it? Yeah. The World no, a Croatian Cup. player, weren't it? Croatian player. Was yeah. he playing Australia or something? Yeah, that's like. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I remember that particular <laughs> detail, but... Yeah, so he uh, he failed to send off someone for two yellow cards, and then later showed him a third yellow card, and uh, and did send him off. But anyway, yes, yeah, he uh, commentated on that. They were like, "I think he's given three yellow cards." <laughs> Jonathan Pierce, flipping egg. Um, so yeah, one nil down uh, to a great Arsenal team, um, but we almost equalised, and I still find this difficult to watch. And I do. I still think it's going to be a goal every single time. Um, There's even a gif of it. That's what the worst thing. You put Sheffield United into like, you know, mess Facebook or something like that in your messenger and that comes up all the time. You're like, I don't want to see it again. <laughs> which uh, I was sat behind that goal in the upper two. Really? You... Yeah, same here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Same. We're quite um, far to the back, but yeah. Yeah, same. And uh, I just, I thought it was, I, I just didn't understand how it wasn't a goal. Um, it gets headed back across... I think it's a Saba has an initial header or something, doesn't he? Or I think I he like does a, like a bit of a crappy oh. bicycle kick, or and he sort yeah. of like flexes it into the path of uh, Pessi Salido. Who some people have criticised him and said that he should have, but I just think at the moment there's a massive open goal in front of you. Just get it on target, it's in like yeah, ninety nine times much... out of hundred. He doesn't have much time to react at all. No. Um, he'd come on as a substitute pesky. And he's in, inside the six-yard box pretty much. And he heads yeah. it at goal. And Seaman's going the wrong way and somehow manages to angle his body backwards, get a, uh, a big mitt on it. And it's the fact he... You know, it's not like he just sticks a hand in the way. It's almost like he's reaching for the ball behind him on the goal if line the, and scooping it away. Either, you'd be saying it's scripted. Yeah. <laughs> It was unbelievable. It was his 1,000th game, David Seaman. Um, I completely forgot about it. I mean, <laughs> on the previous podcast, I remember saying about Agrizovic being 40 years old and banging on about his age a lot. But yeah. for a 39-year-old goalkeeper who's definitely in the twilight of his career to do something with such agility. Oh, I mean, I remember afterwards, everyone was saying, that's the best save I've ever seen, you know. It's got to be up there. Park it with uh, Gordon Banks, that kind of thing. Just... Oh, and then of course the thing that gets lost a little bit, Jagger Ilka blazes yeah. over the rebound from about seven yards. I, I remember at the time thinking that save was good. Didn't realise how good it were. I thought 
he's obviously you know he's pulled a good save off there. I remember being at the time a bit more a bit more like peeved that Jagielka blasted it over the bar from about six yards. Yeah, I, you imagine that's... how bad it would have felt for Seaman if that had gone in. Oh no, yeah, <laughs> that was. Uh, but yeah, you, you, I think you've uh, you kind of summarised how I kind of reacted to it in real time as well. It's just like oh, it's not you sort of. You don't really process what a great save it was because yeah. like, the ball's still alive. And here comes Jagielka. It's a great chance. Surely he's going to finish. And, oh, my word, it goes absolutely miles wide and over, doesn't it? And uh, then you if that had of... gone in, we'd have never had to seen that save again either. No, <laughs> no, we, or, or it would have given us much more positive memories because it would be like, right, now Jagielka's equalised coming up and then Michael Brown's going to smash one in for yeah, 20 yeah, yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. At that point, we really were playing well, weren't we? And that was the, I think that was the last real chance that we had. It was late, yeah. Pesky Salido came on in the 79th minute, so it was definitely in the last 10, five or 10 minutes. Um, like four strikers on the pitch or something stupid like that. You know, we had a Sabre, and I think Allison was still on. Pesky Salido, yeah. Unlove were playing, obviously. And I'm not saying we would have won. Who knows what would have happened, but the momentum was so much in our favour after that. And it had just been amazing to score, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, it really would. And then, as I say, you know, that whole thing that season, we get one, we tend to get two. And yeah. Late goals all over the shop, but and You really, not. really never know, do you? Because... Uh, I, Arsenal are far better side than us, but on that particular day, I think that's possibly the best we've played in a big game. For off the top of my head, I mean, like a big game in terms of a playoff or a or a cup game or something like that. Can you think of any up to that point, or just ever? It, just ever. I'm trying to think. I can't... I'd say the uh, the the cup semi final against Hull, which obviously is a not a strong opposition. Um, yeah, but... I'm going to say that that's the opposition thing for me. I think with, with it being yeah. Arsenal, I thought we were fantastic in that game. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's very fair. Um, good against Spurs in the League Cup semi-final yeah. home leg. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, it, yeah, I had a lot of pride at full time, but at the same... I was like 50% proud, 50% I want to punch Graham Paul immediately. Yeah, exactly. Let me I, I, remember, I remember after, like, my, I think someone, might have been my dad or someone, messaged me or something and said, oh, they're, they're going mad about United, like, because, um, you know what I mean, they, they were praising us like hell on BBC, and it, it just seemed a bit, well... Just makes it worse. Yeah, it that does. really made it worse. It's like I don't want to hear that at all. I don't want to hear about how great we were and how unlucky we were. And I even felt that in a way, you know, against Hull, and a lot of people didn't uh, don't mm. agree with me with this. But we were lost five three to Hull, and I was like, yeah, I'm half proud, but we were two one up, and you're thinking, yeah, could have held on for that little. For there's always that what if, no matter how well you've played, and you can't really criticise the team, you are still thinking we were so close. Yeah. Indeed. Um, so two two cup semi-finals for the Blades, two cup semi-final defeats against very good Premier League opposition. So that leaves us, uh, yeah, fairly well adrift of Leicester at this point. It's fair to say, and definitely thinking about the playoffs. Yeah. Um, in this running, we actually we had a really tough running to the end of the season. We I did, think. Yeah. Um, and did very very well. We uh, the next game was Forest at home. Saba gave us a one nil win. That were only two uh, days after the cup, by the way. That. Was yeah the, the was, Forest okay two days after the FA Cup right? yeah that's right on a Tuesday uh, in the program notes Warnock asked Forest to move it and Forest said no Warnock's not happy about it you think Warnock could have moved it then <laughs> I think you're being very naive to be fair I don't blame Forest for not moving it but yeah Forest obviously chasing the uh, final yeah. playoff spot which they ended up getting but uh, yeah Saba gave us the win that night we lost two 0 at Preston it was a little bit of a bogey team for us around this. Time, yeah, I think, I think we had one at Deepdale 1955, I think it said in the programme. That, that wow. went on. Yeah, 2 yeah. 0 yeah, defeat. We actually beat Leicester City in that game that I mentioned coming up against them. Um, is this, I feel like this was on like Easter Monday or Easter Sunday or something like that. I remember listening to it on the radio. Um, 
Maybe not. It was it was towards the end of April. I think it was Easter. I think it was. It might have been a bank holiday Monday, something like that. Ah, uh, that might have been it. Yeah, yeah. Monday, yeah, it was Monday. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that, we were the early game on TV, and then I remember watching Sky after, straight after that match, and it was. It, I don't know. Yeah, it was Monday, so they were showing you the goals they went in, and that's when Wednesday got relegated. Uh, they drew with Brighton one one. Lovely stuff. Um, one Brian Dean scored for Leicester, gave them the uh, the lead after four minutes. Um, and then Asaba uh, made it uh, three goals in two home games for him. Yeah. With, uh, this, and, cemented and yet... his t- this cemented his place in the playoffs, this this little run that he went on here, those two goals. Because before that, he was nowhere near the, the starting eleven. No, true. Yeah, Cabba's disappeared at the, at the starting lineup at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah Asaba with a, another sort of pretty much the last seconds of the game you know the last seconds of stoppage time he ends up getting the winning goal can I just mention um, Peter Unlove's amazing volley in this match oh the one that hits the post yeah <laughs> I, knew, I knew he'd mention it I didn't, I didn't bother writing it down oh I knew what a shot that, that is an incredible shot that would be one of the best goals ever yes the, uh, the, uh, the angle from behind the shot it's like Roberto Carlos and it? yeah. the curve on it it's unreal and yeah smashes into Ian Walker's post <laughs> Quite liked Ian Walker actually. Yeah, all right, well, yeah. Yeah, Qu- questionable haircut for a goalkeeper, but um, sorry, he played in the nineties. I'll, I'll allow it. I suppose he yeah. just never changed his haircut. I suppose I can't really talk about hair at the moment. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm feeling the uh, the bad decision to not go to a barber shop in the last yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah, but... Backstreet Barber somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. To. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what don't know what might happen there. Um, after that, we had a very entertaining game against Wolves. Uh, hold that thought. A three-all draw at home, in which Michael Brown scored a penalty. Hold that thought. And uh, two, unbelievable. Game, by the way, say again, sorry. Sean Murphy's last game. This ah, was it? And then yeah, uh, yeah just uh, yeah, left uh, left football for a little bit to uh, to look after his wife. Yeah, that was uh, to be with his family certainly. Um, yeah, Pesky Salido scored two phenomenal goals in this game. Actually, like really. Great long range strikes. Yeah. Um, but I've scored straight from the kickoff as well, couldn't I? Yeah, and then and then ended up pretty much scoring from that clearance. Yeah, yeah, he scored in the second and ninetieth minutes in this game. Uh, did Dean Sturridge ever play for United? I mean, oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he did. did. I thought so. Yeah, yeah he's got he's got uh, two goals for Wolves. I think he was. I think funnily enough, I think Warnock signed him in one of his <laughs> one of his spree. striker fetishes that he had. <laughs> Along with Paul yeah. Furlong and I don't know whoever else he signed, some other old striker. Tommy Johnson he signed at one point. Yes, he did. Um, yes, that was a very entertaining game. The season's definitely in like, let's just get ready for the playoffs at yeah. this point, wasn't it? It was a bit of fine tuning. Like, there's pretty much nothing to play for. Like, yeah. I think I think we could still have finished fourth, couldn't we? Like, we ended up we were just a point ahead of Reading at the end of the season. Yeah, actually, only four points ahead of Wolves at the end of it, but. Yeah, we uh, beat Bradford 3-0 in the next home game. Or the next game, I should say. Uh, two more goals from Brown and another from Unlove in that one. Um, and then last game of the season, uh, lost away at Watford 2-0. I'm assuming we were... Well, it's still a pretty strong team, but I'm assuming we weren't trying particularly hard. Well, it was, Gary Kelly made his one only start. Uh, Alan Kelly. Oh, did he? Yeah, uh, Marcel Cass were at right back. We had Monty on the wing. Weirdly, uh, McCall and Rankin in the middle of the park, which is not the most sort of uh, attacking midfield, shall we say. McCall, uh, Montgomery and Rankin in midfield. Yeah, McCall, Montgomery and Rankin with Unlove uh, and then uh, Windass and Asaba up front. It's weird that Asaba were still playing at that point, actually, like yeah, all, all the way through. So we obviously weren't completely sure that we were going to play in the, in the, in the playoffs. 
Yeah, something. I'm just gonna just skip ahead. Okay, when did start the uh, first game playoff game? Yeah, um, I did. Just quickly on Leicester City, who obviously finished second. Um, they went into administration during the season, but got promoted. And after this, the Football League introduced the ten point penalty for any club put in administration. So. A very strange, um, a little quirk of uh, the rules going against United there, where a team went into admin during the uh, during the season, but were basically allowed to get away with it. And then they, in the process of being taken over, that was allowed to eradicate their debts with uh, without any penalties. You know, no transfer embargo, no points deduction, just business as usual. Up you go to the mm-hmm. Premier League, and after that, the Premier, the Football League was like, "No, you're not doing that again." Yeah. Um, it should be pointed out they finished 12 points ahead of us, which makes me wonder if the 10-point penalty was made with that in mind um, to oh, avoid any, yeah. uh, you know, if it, say it was 15 points or something, suddenly that becomes a, a bigger yeah. deal. But, you know, I mean, even then, if you say they got a 10-point, you know, they, they were in administration during the season. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You well, know, I'm sorry if not... for 10 points, Kevin McCabe would have just left it at that and definitely not taking it to court, so... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, say they got that deduction mid-season, you know. There's, it's uh, it's a bit simplistic to say, well, they finished 12 points ahead of us, so it didn't matter. Well, no, because things would be quite different then, wouldn't they? Um, yeah, I think that's. I think any, any sort of final notes on the regular season? No, I think we we're all. I think from around like the cup game, we were all just gearing up for the playoffs. I think we all we knew we were going to get in the playoffs from around. I don't know, end of March, probably had like 10 games to play out. We weren't really going to get automatic, and then. You know, we were just all about the playoffs. I remember being like genuinely nervous for the players because we'd had such a good season, and I thought I don't want to end it in a playoff two like a defeat against Bloody Forest. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So yeah, let's. Uh, so we finished on eighty points for the season, which in my head we had more points than that. But yeah, twenty three wins, eleven draws, twelve defeats. Scored seventy two, conceded fifty two. So we were not among, despite all the uh, you know all the goals from the team. I think we were the eighth highest scorers. I had that written down somewhere. Um, yeah, we weren't like yeah. super high scoring. In fact, Wolves and Forest uh, scored nine and ten goals more than us respectively in the season. Um, Forest goal difference was twelve better than ours, if you can believe it. Yeah, it's looking now actually. Yeah, they scored more than us as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, it's conceded less and scored t- scored ten more. Yeah, so. <laughs> That was who we were playing in the first leg of the playoffs, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get straight into it, mate. If you're ready, yeah, I'm ready for this. Yeah, nice one. So obviously, go to uh, the city ground for <clears throat> excuse me for the first leg, and uh, I don't know. I felt like we were the better team, but then uh, possibly not. Looking at the highlights, uh, I think Harewood crashed one against the bar from close range. They had a couple of other fairly decent chances from yeah. the corners, and then uh, Johnson scored off a. Uh, when I watched this again, maybe it wasn't as lucky as I remember, but I, I felt like it was quite a lucky breakaway. It, was like it a just slice. seems quite an L word, didn't it? Yeah, it's, I think somebody goes in for a tackle in midfield and ends up like slicing this sort of 40-yard through ball to Johnson, who uh, finishes past Paddy Kenny. But um, yeah, we, we came back strong, uh, won a penalty almost immediately. I think Brown actually wins the penalty, just a, a lovely bit of skill just to sort of basically suck in the defender and then uh, invites the challenge and goes down under it. And uh, yeah, then he uh, he smashes it in. There's a there's a good... Uh, it's a, the camera picks out, a, I don't know, a, a teenage United fan, I suppose. It's, I think just summar, like summarising what we're all thinking at that point. You just think, come on, Brownie, come yeah. on, Brownie. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Brown um, just calmly passes it into the net. 
six penalties out of six for him for the season at that point, um, which is obviously significant given what comes later on. Um, there's a weird thing in the follow-up to this. I don't know what actually happened, but the referee is obviously doing something because Brown suddenly puts his head in his hands and looks like really upset. As though I remember at the time, genuinely thinking that the ref, the, the, the penalty has to be retook because he were absolutely look dev- devastated, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and I don't know why. I mean, you look at the replay. There's nothing obviously. It's not like a United players run into the box or anything like that. So I don't know what happened. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he booked someone for um, celebrating or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, Not possibly. Sure. Yeah, I, th- I presume he got booked for celebrating instead. But it wasn't like an over-exuberant celebration or anything, were it? Not particularly. Not in an era of uh, pretty much every player that scored, like, ripped their shirt off and chucked it on the ground, weirdly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. strange. Anyway. Yeah, so one all. And uh, I remember being pretty happy with that, uh, even though we were, you know, the the favourites, I guess, third-place team playing the sixth-place team. I do remember thinking, we've, you know, if we just get to Bramall Lane level, I'll very much take that. And uh, and that's what we got. And then, yeah, it leads into, I think, probably still the best best game I've seen. Yeah, that, when I was on Radio Sheffield last year, and they said that was the best game I've ever been to, that was the first thing that came to my mind, because I, I still think it is the best game I've ever been to. The emotions and everything around it, and we've been in bigger games in the sense that we've won promotion and things like that, but what a match. Ridiculous. It was ridiculous, yeah. I mean, Warnock... Uh, Described it afterwards as the best game of his whole life, which I don't know. He's you know he'd obviously been a very experienced manager, so yeah, he won't, he won't <laughs> be saying that now. It'll be one of his Cardiff or Palace great bunch of lads. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he could probably say the five all with Swindon was maybe a better game, but I, I just this is a completely different level of quality, wasn't yeah. it? it was I too... want to say yeah, that that Swindon game was just ridiculous. That that were ridiculous in a farcical sense, like the goals that yeah, both conceded. Right, yeah. This were a genuinely quality match. It was, yeah. Um, so it's one all going into it. Um, Curtis shins it straight to Johnson on the counter attack, who, uh, who who finishes down the. Paddy just like dives out the way of it for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I think he's he's obviously trying to read it, and he thinks he's going to go to the right, and he he just goes straight at him, and he's he's out of the way. But yeah, that was. Uh, I feel like that came against the runner player. I remember being a bit uh, a bit sucker punched yeah. by that one, and then. Uh, Talking of in the second half, Forrest take a very quick free kick, gets crossed in, and Andy Reid, who would later go on to play for the Blades, makes it three one. And uh, yeah, that that I really thought that was curtains. To be honest, that, that Forest team were ridiculously good for a Championship level. They had like David Johnson, Darren Ockerbay, Marlon Airwood, Andy Reid. I remember Gareth Williams having a bit of thing about him at, at the time as well. Uh, and Darren mm. Ward, obviously our, our goalkeeper coach, were, uh, Indeed, were, yeah. were in goal. Look Walker. at that team now. Yeah, Des Walker, you look at that team now and you think maybe they should have done a little bit better for us, actually. Yeah, Jack Lester came on as well in that one. Yeah. Uh, I remember Ricky Skimmicker being pretty decent as well. Matthew Louis. Do you look at their team compared to ours and what both sides went on to? Theirs looks a lot stronger than ours, I think. We've only really got Jaggy Elker in there who and Brown, who went on to play in the Premier League. The rest of them sort of, eh, you know what I mean? Yeah, declining career a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was that was three one Forest and uh, you know there was still thirty minutes left but you're really thinking like that's that's curtains you know yeah. even for this team um, but I do remember we kicked off and instead of doing the old like pass it back and hit it forward or anything like that we dribbled straight at goal um, from the kick off and won a free kick right on the edge of the area. I don't um, think I've ever seen this from the kick off. Is that true? Not. Yeah, I remember it very distinctly. Yeah. I think I, mean, I, I think I was just made him hands, and I didn't see the <laughs> the kickoff. I didn't know how we got to that position actually. 
Yeah, I mean, I've not seen it again on... Uh, there's no footage of it because they're still showing replays of yeah, um, yeah. Forest Goal, but that's how I remember it anyway, uh, whatever it is, 17 years later. Um, I think it's Walker actually fouls him on the edge of the area. And uh, we win a free kick and Michael Brown hits it. It hits Des Walker and deflects in. And yeah, I mean, who knows what happens if that just gets blocked away and we, we're we still yeah. 3-1. I think the fact that we scored so quickly made such a difference. And yeah. Everything that we'd seen in the season up to this point, you're just thinking like, right, here we go now, and uh, and sure enough, eight minutes later, Cabba with a an unreal goal. Like, yeah, what a goal! And, and I think again, this gets Cabba's like he seems to score brilliant goals that get lost a little bit because <laughs> something else ridiculous happens in those games. And yeah, it's it's just a screamer. He like it's a long kick from Kenny. He like has one touch to flick it up inside the box and just lashes it in on the volley at the near post past uh, past Ward and yeah I, re- I remember I thought at this point there's no way we don't win this game I think I was surprised it went to extra time actually um, yeah you, any any memories around I how you were feeling I don't after that goal like other than until Pesky Salido's goal <laughs> yeah, I, I can't enough. remember anything happening I can't remember like did anyone attack or did we both play out for the draw I don't know what happened I, yeah, I can't remember much in in uh, normal time. No, um, you know, what did when did Cabba score? About seventy. Sixty eighth minute. Sixty eighth minute. For that last twenty five minutes, you imagine it'd have been like on a knife edge, or something must have happened. <laughs> but I can't, yeah. I can't remember anything. Yeah, I can't either. In extra time, Jack Ilkin made a phenomenal goal saving tackle, yeah, um, where it looked like Forest were going to uh, retake the lead, and then we get the uh, the moment, one of the great moments of the season, one of the great goals, and it, it comes again from a, um, a a booming clearance from from Paddy Kenny. Pesky Salido, who's on as a substitute at this point, um, he came on in the 105th minutes at half-time in extra time. It gets on the end of it. He's sort of running up against the defenders. Um, he brings it down. He has four or five touches where he's just sort of dribbling it one way, then the other... And then he just basically slices. Well, I don't know. It's not the firmest strike, is it? But it completely wrong foots Darren Ward. He sort of well, drops I love to how his uh, Chris Kamar on the commentary goes. Darren Ward's got everything covered apart from that bit. He's, like, he's got nothing covered. He's got <laughs> yeah. awful goalkeeping. <laughs> yeah, Ward just sort of he almost like falls to his knees, doesn't it? As it yeah. sort of just slides past him into the net and. Uh, Unbelievable crowd noise. Pesky Salido runs away. Just you can see him just shouting, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" Shirts off, everything. <laughs> and uh, yeah, wasn't is this where you uh, you were on Sky at this point? I was. I think it was the Cabagol or on Sky, and it was when they were showing. I think it was in the playoff final when they were showing the scenes from the, you know, the 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 the, uh, the thing before. Uh, mm. I, I can't remember what I was exactly exactly on. It wasn't actually at the game that we're on. But um, yeah, it was me falling over after the Cabba goal anyway, um, and it was like a, a, a retrospect of what had happened, like to get to that point. I think it were in the playoff final. Yeah, and I, I was jumping around. I were in the front row of the the, the, the wooden seat stand, oh, and yeah, um, yeah and there, uh, yeah, I fell over, like did my knee in and everything. But what one of the most I've ever celebrated those two goals, Cabra and Pesky Salado. You know, it were just incredible. Yeah. So I was genuinely so down straight after that Andy Reid goal. You think that's it? So yeah, to, but, you know, but, like, that was just incredible. It was a bit like the Wednesday match, actually, with, with Duffy scoring. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is another, obviously another semi-final. You're just thinking, like, you know, the, could you could you be any more? You know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To lose. I remember when I mean, fans used to call him Neely Warnock. 
Yes, it's quite good actually. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it lasted for a few years, I suppose. Um, yeah, that was one of the most I've ever celebrated a goal. A goal. I think that pesky Salido goal just absolutely unbelievable. The way it just yeah twists and turns on the ball, and yeah, as you say, Kamara's Kamara's commentary. I wrote it down actually. Yes. Inside, outside, turn away from you. Ward's got everywhere covered except for that near post. And I just think goes. that's he's got nothing covered. He's just in the <laughs> middle of his net. It's true. And uh, just a few minutes later, we barely barely finished celebrating, and uh, Cabba goes on another mazy run down the right, yeah. swings it into the box. Des Walker heads it into his own goal in front of the cop. I mean, you couldn't write that really, could no. you? What? And, and he's. And then, oh. but, but the, the action's not even over, is it? So. It's not. You think still that's time. it? You think that's it? Four two. Game over. Here we go. Literally second later, four three. <laughs> yeah, another own goal at the other end. Robert Page yeah. stabs one into his own net, and it's four three. And um, yeah, just with that Des Walker goal, Gary Sinclair does say goal scorer for the Blades, Des Walker. Yeah. And I just, I just thought as I heard it back, I was like, Wilder would absolutely do his nut. Oh yeah, Wilder would hate that. I mean, he went mad, didn't he, last year when? Uh, when so, so season before, uh, yeah, last season back against Villa, yeah, yeah. It was, um, I think, yeah, Sinclair says something like, uh, unfortunately, there's only two minutes of added time in the first half, which doesn't seem that bad, really. No, no. And then, and obviously, Wilder had a go at him because he said he was disrespecting Steve Bruce. He'd have absolutely hated what he did there, would he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, gotta forgive him, getting caught up in the moment. As you say, Rob Page own goal made it four three, but we did hang on um, and we beat. Beat Forest four three on the night uh, and five four on aggregate. One of the, uh, I mean, an all time great night at Bromley, an all time great playoff game. Just some incredible goals, a, a real twisting game. You, might, I'd, I'd love to know what Forest fans think of this game. I, yeah, I, don't know, I wonder if you just like completely expunged it from your memory. I mean, I don't know. Any it never fans comes up when I do the view froms. It never ever comes up like as a. You know, as a memory of like, oh, I remember when that happened. You know, they they don't really yeah. talk about it that much at all, from what I can see. But ah, oh, yeah, what I, I just, I if I had to rank it now, that would be my number one game, definitely. Which is, I've been watching football for bloody hell thirty years or something like that. For hmm. that that one match was just everything. What was what's amazing about football? Yeah, it really was, and uh, that unfortunately was the high point of the season, I suppose, or the the last high of the season, because uh, I guess pretty much everybody should know what happens next. Uh, obviously, I have like a two week break between the playoff final, which is against Wolves, who beat Reading in the other semi final uh, in Cardiff, um, and yeah, this is just and oh, I don't know. It, it felt inexplicable at the time. This the the it, level of collapse here. I think uh, this game. Is the reason I'm so pessimistic as a United fan, and I always think I was so confident. Yeah. We were miles better than Wolves. I know we'd drawn in three three a couple of weeks ago, but we played as reserves. I was so confident. Just the way we beat Forest, you thought, well, we're obviously going to go up. You know, you don't win games like that and then fail at the next hurdle. But United do, don't they? So yeah, we we do, and we did. Um, I mean, just before we get into it, there's a couple of things. So Dean Windass disappears at this point. Um, and there, I remember there'd been a lot of rumours that he'd uh, fallen out with Warner. But I th- do you know Do you know otherwise? Do you no, Warner's no, explanation for it is simply that he didn't find a space for him on the bench. He said he had uh, right. a Sauber and Cabra up front and then he's, uh, sub- he wanted to have a, a substitute goalkeeper, which he didn't normally have, which is understandable. You know, it's yeah. final. So that meant one of his strikers are going to miss out. So it was between Alisson, Windass and Pesky Solido. 
And mm. I, I, if you look at it like that, I don't think there's much wrong with that because Alice yeah. and Solido are much better impact subs than Windass. Yeah, I agree with that. Although I'm sure Warnock made a habit of um, three strikers on the bench at all times. So well, that, but this is it. Like I say, his his thing was because he had to drop the goalkeeper, uh, put the goalkeeper on the bench, should I say, he had to lose a sub. And you remember that there were only five subs in those, those days, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yep. So his substitutions were, if you just bear with me, have you got it on you, in fact? I have, yeah, McCall. So McCall came on for Rankin at half-time, that which is, is the, the That's the reason why we lost, in my opinion. Um, Rankin played instead of McCall. No idea what, why that happened. I know Rankin were in the team against Forrest, but McCall just made everything work, didn't I? Yeah, we haven't really talked about Stuart McCall. Um no. Which kind of, uh, in some ways, uh, I think is is complement to McCall because he was just, it, it was. I mean, it wasn't an ever present uh, through the season. I'm trying to see. Uh, I've managed to somehow close the thing that had the amount of uh, appearances on, but it was it was certainly in the team a lot and definitely in our best team and was just this. It was just the the guy that held it together. I think and, yeah. and allowed us. To have players like Brown and Tom and Unlock. two games that season. In oh, wow. So, Cup, he, yeah. So, and we, yeah, 61 games in total for the, the whole team. So, yeah, yeah, played the vast majority of games. And, yeah, I do remember thinking, like, oh, why is he not, yeah, why is McCall not playing in this one? And he was playing in the second half. He came on at half time, but, oh, was the damage done at that point? Mm. Um, United 3 0 down by half time. Uh, I remember Mark Kennedy scoring with pretty much their first attack, I think, uh, a long-range goal. And this is all in front of us as well, in front of the United fans. Horrible, 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 horrible day. That Of all the playoff sort of disasters, that's the one that I've, it hurt me the most, even more than the Palace one, the one note, because we, oh, what an anti-climax. I was so confident and everything, and it just still hurts because I watch it back now. What I actually watched, the, the I think there's like half an hour highlights of it on um, on YouTube, and I watched it back, and we didn't actually play that bad. <laughs> no, I mean, well, I'll get to this in a sec. Yeah, Nathan Blake, X-Blade, made it 2-0 on 22, and then Kenny Miller uh, on the 45th minute made it 3-0. And I just, I was just shell-shocked. I just, at half-time, yeah. I just remember looking around. Like, I wasn't I wasn't upset, per se. I was just like, I just couldn't believe it. It was just... genuinely like when, it sounds awful, but it's like when you, you first hear bad news of like someone dying or something, you're in that sort of... <laughs> Wow, what? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it's just it was not so... for six. Yeah, I remember being sat with a pint at half time. God knows how I got a pint actually, but yeah, I remember good, being good. sat with a drink at half time, just sort of. And there were three of us, and we just we didn't speak a word to each other. Yeah, I just remember like looking round, and everyone was kind of everyone just had the same expression on their face. It wasn't anger. It was just like, why, what, yeah, how? how, what's happened, and. Yeah, in a in a big game to be three 0 down against a team that you are, you know, uh, what do I say? We finished a point ahead of them, but we, you know, we are uh, four points ahead. Of them. We are at least as good as Wolves that season. We've taken four points off them in the league. In the league, and we'd sure um, stop trying to win games as much in the final ten as well. We lost to Wimbledon with like a reserve team. We lost the last game to Watford with like yeah. two games we'd probably won otherwise. Yeah, and just looking down the rest of the team, it's like Paddy Kenny, Jaggy Elka, Michael Brown, Michael Tong, Cabo, Unlove, like. What on earth has happened? And I still, to this day, because we came out second half pretty strong. So Warnock got sent off at half-time, which I actually... <laughs> Just com- Warnock, yeah. I completely forgot about this. Um, and I can't remember why he got sent off. I, I looked this up earlier. Probably enough, uh, got to go at the ref. No, any idea what for? <laughs> no, no he, were, he were upset about something. I think he thought we should have had a pen or something like that. Which he were right. wrong, I would have thought, anyway. so Yeah, I would say so. But we did... So Warnock got sent off at half-time. Blackwell took charge for the second half, and... 
we were a hell of a lot better. Yeah. Um, McCall came on at half time. Uh, Pesky Salido and Allison also came on in the second half. We won a penalty in I think the forty seventh minute, and Brown <laughs> stepped up. Hundred percent record, six from six, but not lucky number seven. Um, and Matt Murray saved it. And I swear to this day. If Michael Brown scores that penalty, we win this game. You really think so? I really, really think so. I think I think it. I think yeah. I think you. It sounds insane, but I think we'd have got another goal quite quickly after Wolves would have been really nervous. Yeah, um, I remember Matt Murray, the goalkeeper, was man of the match in the official uh, stadium announcement. This is what I mean. We didn't play bad. Everyone looks at that as like a total disaster, and it was in terms of a result. But they had like three shots and they went in. Yeah, I think I think we were bad in the first half, or at least you know we're, we're not very good, and Wolves weren't that much better. But as you say, scored from their first three shots essentially. Um, yeah. But the second half, yeah, we really came on strong. I remember we we hit the post, um, and somebody like put the rebound over. I don't know if Tong hit the post or something like that, and it just it, it just it very it sort of just became like yeah, it's just it's just not going to happen, is it? But yeah. I, I think really Paul think Page missed a decent chance. He blasted over as well. Uh, that might have been it on the rebound yeah. with someone at the post. Yeah, and. Um, I just think Brown gets that goal, the atmosphere, we would all have, I reckon we would all have believed at that point. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. You know, yeah. what had just happened against Forest and all the way through the season, we have that thing, you know, we get one, we get two, and then suddenly, yeah, as you say, Wolves would be uh, cacking themselves a bit. So it wasn't to be. Um, yeah, I ended up just a, a 3 0 defeat. And yeah, I just remember getting the train back to Sheffield, just like. Um, I can't remember where my... I think my dad was staying over somewhere. He was going somewhere for work. So I just mm. I was just sat on the train on my own from Cardiff to uh, Sheffield. I can't remember if it was directed, if I changed. But I just remember I didn't have a book, uh, you know, I didn't re- you know, way before smartphones. I yeah. didn't bother buying a magazine or a paper or anything. I just stared at the back of the seat in front for four hours. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we, we got dropped off at a service station on the way back and there were a few Wolves fans there and the toilets had flooded and a Wolves fan saying... Oh, I bet it's all tears at Sheffield United fans. I just want to smack him. But I've got to say, actually, the Wolves fans on the train um, were very—they uh, yeah. weren't rubbing it in at all. They were—I was. I know, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a horror. I mean, when, I've never felt like that. When we lost to Burnley, I was mad with the team. I weren't mad mm. with the team with this. I thought they'd done an amazing, it been an amazing season, and it was just sort of everyone says one game too many. I don't agree with that at all. I think it was just a. a Poor defending for the first half. I think it was simple as that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's an easy narrative. I mean, I, I, you know, I think it would have been easier for us if we hadn't played sixty-one games in the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two yeah. semi-finals, but yeah, it's a you know bummer ending to the season. But it's one, still... said one regret was that he should have gone one up from, um, but he felt Cabba deserved to start because of how we how we played against Forest. Interesting. Whether that had made a difference, I don't know. You imagine McCall and Rankin would have played, wouldn't they? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I don't see who else is. Uh... There's Monty in there, but I don't. No, I'm not sure how that would have worked. No. Uh... Yeah, um, we still had a civic reception uh, at the end of the season, which I, you know, it's. I think that's one of those things. If you've been a bit snide, you're like, well, you know, what you having a, you didn't win anything. What you having a civic reception for? But I, I do, and, and this is why I wanted to do this season. I think you know, I just. I look back on this season with so much enjoyment and so much pride, and I think it did install. Uh, a reinstall a lot of love for football and for yeah. United that have drifted a bit in the it last were a turning couple of years. Point. I really think it were a turning point in the club that went from 
accepting we were a sort of a mid-table, mid-supported championship club, I think, at that point. We'd been picked so many times, selling all his best players, nothing really happening. You know, every time there were a bit of success, it all went wrong and stuff. And I think this changed the ambitions of the club in terms of the supporters. I'm pretty sure the fan base got bigger and bigger and bigger after this. Um, because of all the exposure we got on TV, you've got young kids and stuff wanting to go to get a bit like last season, you know, a bit like this season as well. Um, and I really think that this was the season where we became a club that expected to be challenging in the championship year after year. Even in the years in League One, I think we still probably saw ourselves, didn't we, as a, a top six championship team. Certainly, yeah, you, you want us to get to that kind of level. That's that, I'm sorry, yeah. I that, think it's not far away. Yeah. to be at rather than, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, and it's um, I don't know. It's you know we're a team that is probably not going to win win a trophy. You know, in in our I know we're in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, and if football does resume, then we do have a good chance to go a long way in that yeah. one. But ultimately, the FA Cup is generally won by Man City or another uh, big big six yeah. team. Um, yeah. And it, it kind of showed it, it kind of I don't know illustrates that uh, you know individual moments. Um, uh, you know, kind of as important as silverware. Yeah, in, uh, and that's in interesting you should say that because people are saying this season's ruined and stuff, and we're never going to be able to look back on it. That there were these moments that we've had this season so are still going to live long, no matter what yeah. happens with this season. You know, the, absolutely. The worst. I'm going on a tangent here, but the worst case scenario with this season is it gets cancelled and we start in the Premier League again next year. It's not, you know, which is what we all want anyway. We're, we're, yeah. we're, out of all the like, clubs, I think we're in one of the better positions in the. We're safe. We're, we're not going to be worried about, oh, my God, like Leeds, we might not go up. Or, oh, my God, we might go down without playing all those games like Norwich. We'd, <laughs> you know, they, these goals have counted for something because we're not worried about how the season's going to end. Indeed. And, yeah, you look back through this season and uh, 2 3 that is, yeah. and uh, just amazing memories. You know, even if ultimately there was no... No reward at the end of it. The the journey was the thing, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, the, I bought the, the DVD after, and I only ever do that if we got promoted. So, yeah, and I, to be honest, I'm I'm almost certain I've watched the the DVD of this one more than the promotion season. Oh yeah, I have definitely, undoubtedly. I think I think it's a better season. Yeah, I think it's more highs in this season, even though like we didn't actually achieve anything. Well, you know, yeah. a goal at the end, what we wanted to to achieve. Yeah, indeed. Uh, as for what happened next, uh, Kevin Blackwell left for Leeds. Uh, we finished eighth the following season and eighth again in 04-05. And we ended the season really badly with just five of the last 20. And they, there was a lot of unrest around that time, yeah. around Warnock. There was a, a real feeling of like we've completely stagnated here, which is why, you know, at the top I kind of said about, um, you know, did he get a little bit lucky? Did this season buy him a few more years almost? I think um, it did. I think I think from the end of this season, from around the middle of the next season onwards, I'd say the fan base were fifty-fifty uh, yeah. whether they want or want not to stay or not. Yeah, I, I, I didn't surprised see... if it had been sacked. Yeah, uh, there was an unrest at uh, Millwall home game. When was that? Was that oh four or five? That was, no, that was the season after. But I think that had been coming for a long, long time. We, the season after uh, the season after this one. Um, we we were in the playoffs pretty much all the season, went on a horrendous run, like you said, and finished outside it. The season after that, fairly similar, but it, it, it we're all building and building and building. And I, I think at that point, if you'd have had a fan survey, probably more people would have wanted Warnock out than than in. Yeah, Warnock out was definitely a thing, wasn't it? Around this, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't really see 0506 coming at all. To be honest, I, we made some really good signings that summer. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the the sort of previous two seasons. 
uh, did not exactly pave the way for for that promotion. But yeah, any uh, any other final thoughts on uh, on this season before we wrap up? It's been a mammoth one. I know. Team. Yeah, it's uh, Simon Tracy's last season at United, as far as I know. Um, three hundred seventy nine games, three sub appearances. Had his testimonial at the end of that season against Middlesbrough. Um, he didn't play in this season, but he was still part of the squad. I'm pretty sure he retired after this. Hmm. And did you yeah. did you did you have a personal encounter with? Him? I, I did. He once nearly ran me over uh, when I were which I mean I was about 15 at the time. I was trying to cross road at Bramall Lane, and um, he come flying round corner, and I like I like like apologised. He nearly ran me over, and he went mad at me, shouting expletives. I was only about 15, <laughs> uh, and then um, at the time I'm thinking, oh maybe that's my fault. Looking at his amount of sendings off, I'm now thinking maybe Tracy were in the wrong in that encounter. <laughs> 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 knowing what I know possible. about him now uh, but yeah he nearly ran me over but I'll not hold that against him I used to love Tracy to be fair and yeah it's a shame that he never got a game in this season actually it would been a nice ending for him yeah indeed um, well so as I said Wednesday got relegated it's interesting Asaba says in the uh, end of season uh, like right at the end of the season he says this club's been in the shadow of Wednesday for too long mm. and it doesn't need to be that way and it's, it's almost in a funny way it's almost easy to forget how uh, how long Wednesday were the dominant team in Sheffield yep. and this really was the first time where uh, we had a period of dominance ourselves and unfortunately it didn't last anywhere near as long as it uh, it should have done um, No, I mean, this is easy to say we, we, we are both like at the same age of I don't remember Wednesday being in the Premier League well I, I would have just left school or something when they when they first got relegated but mm. for a lot of other fans they were like the top team for about 20 seasons in, in yeah, Ch- yeah. Now, and now it's like sort of we had 10 after that and then they had sort of 5 or 6 after that and now we was and it always sort of changes around but it's, it's easy to that. What, what one of the bigger things about that season was you know we had completely sort of man, uh, got the the control of the city if you like got the power of the city undoubtedly mm. we were the best side in the in the league, and I think a couple of seasons after that is when we start getting more attendances than them and all this sort of stuff. And it's yeah. easy to forget that that was quite a big thing at the time because Wednesday would had been in the Premier League for how I many years? Like nine years or whatever it were. So they'd obviously built up this massive sort of uh, interest in the club and the fan base and the money, and they were buying massive players. Mm. For us to be above them, it was it quite a big thing at the time. And now it, it it's become fairly norm for either team to be above the other. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So. Uh, obviously similar age and yes when I was at school it was just the accepted thing that Wednesday were uh, the more successful team with the yeah. better players and yeah. Uh, yeah it was only genuinely at this point that, that that flipped on its head and suddenly it was like well no it's you can't argue if you're a Wednesday fan you can't argue that United are better than Wednesday I mean we're, we're literally in different divisions like, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we're so much better than you at the moment so and yeah that's, obviously that, that flipped again when we were in League One and they went up and got to the playoff it, it, mm-hmm. it flips quite quickly I think these days but at that point you know Wednesday had about pretty much 20 straight years other than one season where they'd been above us in the league yeah indeed um, so yeah that was it mate we talked for a very long time about this yeah, season yeah, I didn't but expect it to be honest but... <laughs> no I didn't either we ended up talking longer than we did for 97 98 but um, yeah it was uh, it was a great season I've loved talking about it it was such a good team to watch you know so many really skillful players playing it. you know when you look down the squad list I mean you sort of uh, alluded to it a little bit um, when you were saying about how Forrest's players mm. probably went on to bigger and better things but if you look at that, I mean, Michael Brown, this was his peak. Michael Tong, this was his peak. Caber, Unlove, yeah. Paddy Kenny, this, you know, Paddy Kenny probably for the next five or six seasons, but they were at their peaks during this season. Yeah. And McCall, arguably, as well, peak of his powers. And yeah, we had, you know. I think it were a classic United sort of story of a lot mm. of sort of journeymen, older players 
people had not really done much elsewhere and stuff like that, all coming together to create something that were better than the parts. Obviously, the wilder version of it is like this, but on steroids. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose that's with wilder. It's, it's players who are developing, aren't they? I mean, yeah. in hindsight, maybe you can... I mean, obviously, there was no way to know that Brown and Tong wouldn't hit these kind of levels again, I suppose. But you could kind of see, like, in hindsight, like, you know, this was this was the peak season and we didn't really have the sort of... We didn't, we didn't have players that kept developing, I suppose. I don't no, know. No, we had one good other. season in, in, in five, basically, under Warnock before the promotion season, whereas the Wilder team keeps getting better and better, which just, I think shows it's a better team and they have got better players. Yeah, and uh, probably better management and backroom staff as well, yeah. with all respect to Neil Warnock and Kevin Blackwell and the rest. Um, yeah. But yes. There we go, mate. Uh, it's been a it's been a good one to revisit. Uh, I'll, we'll have to decide whether it's a two parter or a. Yeah, yeah. it is a big one. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't expect it to be this long as well, to be honest. But there's a lot. Of, this I think this is what it means. I think if we did the promotion season, we'd be think. We, I don't think it'd be anywhere near as long as this because I don't think there'd be as much to talk about. That's why this season is such a big thing. Yeah, agree. There's a lot of uh, lot of subplots, uh, a lot of you know very memorable moments, memorable players as well, and. Uh, yeah, enjoyed going through with it. My voice has just about managed to hold on for talking for three straight hours. So, uh, yeah, if people want to follow you on Twitter or check out your website, where should yeah, they do Yeah, I'm so? not really doing much at the moment. I've got a few ideas, but it's just getting around to it. It's one of those things when you're not doing anything. It's very easy sort of to not do anything productive and just sort of play football manager or, you know, watch TV and stuff like that when you're not, you've got no sort of structure and stuff like that. But I, I, might, I might come up with a few few ideas if we've got no football or anything to talk about in the next two or three weeks but yeah it's at Panchero on Twitter or Roy's View from if you want to relive some older things from this season uh, <laughs> you know remember, remember what football used to be like <laughs> good man and uh, yeah if anyone's got the uh, season review from the next couple of seasons get it on YouTube I want to watch it even if uh, yeah, yeah, that is, yeah that please do that I, I know people will have them as well whether they know how to set it up YouTube and stuff I'd love to see all the I'd like to see every season review video, basically from 1990 to till you know today. Watch, watch a watch a new one every day or something like that. Oh yes, I like that. Yeah, get it streamed on the TV or something. Yeah. That'd be the way forward. Nice one. All right, mate. Let's uh, let's leave it there. We will be back uh, with, a, with a less long podcast, <laughs> I imagine, in the not too distant future. Yeah. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for giving up some time. I will talk to you soon. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Right, there we go. Thank you very much for sticking with it through this uh, this mammoth retrospective podcast. It's been, as always, a, uh, a real pleasure, a real, I guess, thrill to go back through this season. It was a, a really exciting one with some incredible games and some of my favourite players of all time, I think, in this team as well. So I hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks for sticking with it. Uh, we will be back soon with more podcast content. So stay safe, take care of yourself, and uh, yeah, we will speak to you soon. Thanks a lot. Can get close to it. Huge kick as well towards Pesky Solido. Pesky Solido. He's finding a way through, doing what he does best. Paul Pesky Solido. Sheffield United's extraordinary season takes an extraordinary twist. They were 2-0 down. Now they're 3-2 up. Morris thought they were going to Cardiff. Now Sheffield United think they are. This is something else. Look at Kenny's long kick. Is there a threat while this is in the air? Not at the moment there isn't. Louis John's there. Thompson's there. Look how close this ball is to his feet. Inside, outside. Turn away from you. Through the legs. Louis John sticks out a leg. Ward's got everywhere.
square covered except that near post and this magic little fella does the trick look how close that ball is to his feet until he gets rid of it and it sails in the back of the net